Hi, and welcome to Dollars and Making Sense, a weekly program about finance, money, and investing on Radio Northern Beaches and broadcast nationally on the community radio network around Australia. I'm your host, Ray Trevison from OTG Capital, and today we are welcoming back to the microphone Philippa Hunt from Wise Girls Money. It's been a little bit of a trot, hasn't it been, Philippa? Certainly has, Ray, and thank you for inviting me again. Well, I, I guess so much. Uh, it was an invitation. I think you forced your way on, but I'm always pleased to have you on the show, Philippa. I but, uh, did lady- not. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we have a, a lovely relationship. It's always a pleasure to have Philippa on the show because Philippa's background, I guess you're a long-time financial planner and you are also a trained psychologist. And in the na- last number of years, Philippa and I have got to know each other quite well, and we've been talking a lot about women and finance here on Dollars and Making Sense. And if, in fact, you go to our uh, web pages, you'll see that Philippa is one of our featured contributors. So, yes, I am actually very pleased to have Philippa back on the show. I was just giving her a bit of a stir because now we're doing it with video as well, with the YouTube channel as well as Spotify and, and the radio links as well. But look, Philippa, the reason we've got you back on the show uh, to cut to the chase is that you've been doing some research with Uh, two bunches of ladies, uh, some that are over 40 and some that are under 40. Can you explain to your listeners why? Because the women over the age of 40 are a completely different generation and they're in a different life stage from women under the age of 40. Mm -hmm. And so you've got millennial and Gen Z women who have grown up with the internet, they've never known life without it, and their approach to finance for their age group is vastly different from women who are over the age of 40 in their 50s and 60s. And their life stages are so very different. So we've set them apart to speak the language to each other. So I have quite different conversations with women under the age of 40 and women over the age of 40. I guess I'm fascinated because uh, I, I I understand the life stages, and it wouldn't be that much different with Y chromosome peeps out there as well. So the men that are at uh, at twenty to thirty, thirty to forty, will mm. be obviously at different life stages than those of us that are now in their fifties, sixties, <laughs> uh, and beyond. But I guess the big differentiating factor, though, is this beast called the internet. I guess if you can surmise one or two bullet points, what's been the key differential from when you were 20, 30, 40-odd years old compared to these people that you're now talking to, the ladies that have grown up with the internet? Can you encapsulate that briefly? When I was teaching this course in terms of financial literacy and competence years ago, it was face-to-face in a classroom with a whiteboard and teaching as I go on my feet. Since the pandemic, everything's gone online. So the course has now become modules and they get this done weekly and we have weekly sessions on Zoom calls. So I suppose the positives of this is it can be interstate, that these women are living everywhere. You don't need to be in front of them face to face. But this is the first time I've run this particular financial literacy and competence online. That's why it's a trial study group. Mm -hmm. And so dividing them up into groups, under 40s and over 40s, the Gen Z and and millennial women have grown up with the internet. They're very comfortable with learning online. And also Zoom sessions, everybody's got used to it during three years of pandemic. So the over 40s have a different conversation about their life stages. So the reason I was trialling, it was not just the delivery 
online, which is vastly different from teaching face-to-face, but also the fact Zoom sessions, you don't have as much time teaching in two hours, one night a week as you would do face-to-face eight hours a day for five full days spread over two months. So the delivery was the trial and also the younger women are faced with very different economic conditions in terms of trying to save up and buy a home that women in their 50s and 60s just did routinely through the 80s and 90s because housing was affordable back then. And so the young women these days are struggling to save as fast as they can for the rising house prices and they're worried about ever owning their own home. So it's a very different economic set of circumstances for the younger women as this for the older women who have their own home. What they're looking at is pre-retirement and getting ready for retirement because they're in a home that they're paying off. So it's a completely different set of life circumstances that I'm teaching towards. I, I must admit, when I see uh, many people coming through the doors of my practice and uh, in my interactions with the Australian Shareholders Association, like Alcoholics Anonymous, I think the first thing that people need to do is recognise that they've either got a problem or they've got a, an interest in solving a problem or want to do better. And so I always congratulate anybody that walks through the door and takes that first step. And so if we get back to first principles, when you first started engaging with these ladies at your course, what would you say was the general element, you know, that that general level of uh, financial literacy amongst the, the people turning up? The reason we divided it up also is the fact the younger women needed to learn financial literacy because they'd never bought their own home. So they're really at, at really you know, one, $1.01, absolute beginners. Yep. So they had to learn the money terminology um, because there's so much written about property and lending in the media. They had a grasp of what it was going to be to own their own home, but they've never done it. Mm-hmm. So there was no life experience there. And so the modules introduced the very first concept is budgeting. So if we can get to young women and teach them how to budget, and a lot of these women with their personality types were more freedom types and intuitives in the Myers-Briggs, what they wanted was financial independence to be able to do what they want to do. Right. So they're very good savers to achieve their goal. What they didn't know was what to do with what they've got because you can't save as fast as the house prices are going up. So they felt home ownership was getting further and further beyond them. So the course walked them through all the financial terminology they needed to learn so that they could speak money language like you and I do. When we got out the other end of it and they had their two-hour session per night and we had um, Louise Bedford for shares and Kate Hill for property together in one session, that was truly enlightening for these young women um, about other things and other options that were open to them. So then because we've now done um, a fact find as part of their post-course first coaching call, they've now become so financially literate that we're talking about asset allocation and they wouldn't have ever known what that was when they started. Yeah, I was going to say the basics of at least understanding the five asset classes is a really good place to start. Indeed. So that's their first principles. Now the next coaching call this week is, and don't forget this is a trial, rate. I'm trialling to see what works. So I'm as much learning as they are about delivery. And so when we set up this time, they, they've they now been fixing up their insurances, they're binding nominations in their super, they've gone and got their wills done and their estate planning, which they'd never done before. 
So they're taking responsibility for setting up their life properly. They're doing this. So this is the under 40s, right? Yes. And then at the same time, now we're going to set up, they are going to set up an investment they've researched. And I've said to them, if you've only got a small amount of money to invest, buying direct shares isn't going to cut it for an income stream. But if you do your research and look at an Australian share fund that invests in your top 10 or 15 companies in Australia fully franked, they understand all this, by the way, then they understand what that means in terms of investing dividend income. So having somebody like Louise Bedford, who we've had on the program before, by Mm. the way, ladies and gentlemen, so if you go back to our blog, uh, Louise runs a site called Trading Game, Mm. and I guess her level of expertise is is really quite expansive, and so she can talk bare basics as well as quite quite detailed elements Mm. of share trading, but she must have been a real bonus to have at uh, at the training, I guess. She was, and she volunteered an hour of her time, and Kate Hill, expert in property investing, volunteered the second hour. So between the two of them, these women got a pretty good understanding of the difference between shares and property. And then when we went into the taxation of it at a high level rate, this is not advice, Mm -hmm. they could understand the difference between holding shares and holding a property and the difference in costing. Can I ask, though, as as a Y chromosome, What's the difference in your mind when you see X chromosomes presenting to other X chromosomes? Is there a different view of the world? I mean, you and I have been to conferences mm-hmm. and, you know, been, uh, I guess, we've watched these things for you know, a number of years now. And I guess I have a certain expectation. Can you tell me what you see is different when it's purely females in the room? Our language is different. How Our so? Language- How so? Our language is female. When we talk about property, Ray, it's about the quality of the property in terms of buying a home that makes your heart sing. And so when they go, and I said to them, you don't go on to realestate.com.au looking for a house that you hate just because it's got great figures. You you will never buy a house that you absolutely (laughs) hate. And they say, well, that's true. And I said, well, so if you keep looking through pictures to houses that appeal to you because what are the two qualities? Safety and security. That's all that matters to them, to feel safe and secure. And so they will choose a home because women are very savvy when it comes to the very um, granular detail about these things. And so they will search and search and search for the right place that fits all their values, how they see themselves, their financial goals, because it has to fit every, every one of their criteria and they're very particular. So we speak about housing and property, not just from the research in terms of does this stack up, location, return on investment and all the financials that we do. They have that, but they also go tick box, does it make my heart sing, would I really live in this place? You would buy an investment property that you weren't going to live in because it ticks all the boxes, but not your own home. Okay, so I was going to say uh, there must be a a stark difference to something that you're going to own as an investment compared to something that you're going to, you know, somewhere where you're going to live. Uh, And I hark back to my own experience when I was buying our current home with my wife. We were looking for a home for our three children and us. So I I guess from that perspective, I, I, I don't ever want to suggest that I'm an X chromosome myself. I'm not, but... I'm wondering if, you know, if the language is that stark and that different that if a man walked into the conversation, they'd sit there and just shrug their shoulders and go, this doesn't compute. 
Well, one of the partners happened to overhear the conversation on the Zoom session said it's got to be female and kept walking. <laughs> I hope and he's a commodity share trader. Hopefully in a positive, um, supportive manner, yes, right? Yes, he was. He just suddenly realised that this is very different from anything as a, as a commodities trader that he'd ever experienced. And then he could understand why it was so important for her was the fact she was hearing money in a way that meant something to her. And, I guess and that's, that's the whole that, point of my research. That, that's the most important element. So, look, Philippa, we're just about uh, out of time for a break here. Uh, you're here on Dollars and Making Sense, a weekly radio show about finance, money and investing on Radio Northern Beaches and broadcast nationally around Australia on the Community Radio Network. We'll be back in just a moment. Hi, and thank you for listening to Dollars and Making Sense, a weekly radio program about finance, money and investing on Radio Northern Beaches and nationally on the Community Radio Network around Australia. The views, comments and opinions aired during our program should not be construed or viewed as financial advice. Any commentary is general advice only and does not take into account your objectives, financial situation or needs. You should consider whether the advice is suitable for you and your personal circumstances. If in doubt, you should contact an authorised licensed financial planner. We welcome questions and feedback and you can get in touch with us via our blog, social media channels or email. Please search for Dollars and Making Sense in your favourite podcast platform or check out our blog at otgcapital.com.au forward slash blog. And welcome back to Dollars and Making Sense. I'm Ray Treveson. And at the microphone today, I have Philippa Hunt from Wise Girls Money. You're on Dollars and Making Sense on the community radio network around Australia and Radio Northern Beaches. Now, before we went to the break, Philippa, we were talking about the difference between women speak and man speak when it mm -hmm. comes to financial literacy. And believe me, around our dinner table, I get pinged very quickly about mansplaining. So we're not going to get into that. But what I do want to get into is given the interactions that you've had and uh, we've talked about Louise Bedford and uh, and your property expert uh, again who came along so uh, I guess what were the elements that the women that attended the, these uh, these courses found the most valuable two things they found valuable one was they went through female psychology the way our brains work the way we function as females, our health, our emotional health, well-being, our mental health, the way we take care of ourselves and our family. Mm -hmm. And the whole context was around um, learning to manage your money within the context of the female world. And so what they got most valuably out of it for some was the psychology because they realised that the way they thought about money was not helpful because that's all they knew. So it changed their mindset and the way they managed their money. And once they did that, they got really excited about doing a budget because that's the first time a lot of them had ever really taken control of their life. So you're talking basic ins and outs, yes. budgeting, this yes. is how much I earn, this is how yes. much I need to spend, this is how much I need to save. Really? Yes, and that was the most foundational part. Then they got all excited about doing that because then it focused them on how long it was going to take to achieve their goals and what their goals were. So we had a big session on where they see themselves in five years' time because technology and life changes so rapidly, mm. and then their longer term. So for the younger ones, it was in five-year lots, 
And they were totally engaged. They were so excited learning all of these new skills that they'd never done before. And they're the ones that are talking to me about asset allocation, fixing their insurances, going into their super fund, learning how to read it, binding nominations and fixing all of those up, doing their wills and estate planning at their age. It's amazing. So let me, I was wrapped. let me ask, I mean, one of the things that I find difficult at times when I'm dealing with people 20, 30 years younger than me is that mm. basic mathematical principles about compounding or even laying out a 12-monthly budget, mm. for many, I see is beyond them because I don't think they've ever done it. And so mm. um, I, I'm talking about simple computer literacy skills where one of the very first things that I was taught, uh, and considering that we didn't have computers uh, in our workplaces until mm. I was almost 29. You know, spreadsheets were the very basics, the foundational element of anything to do with dollars mm. and cents. And and yet I see this gap, this yawning gap, and I'm wondering whether that's still even at school. Definitely at school. And the comment was, why didn't we learn this at school? Oh, really? Yes. And so the whole point was is to move them, and that's why I did all the pre-testing, Ray, to see where they were up to and the Myers-Briggs to test their personality type because what I'm also researching is that women tend to choose investments that suit their temperament and personality that they love, feel comfortable with, get engaged with because they love the outcome. And that's not financial planning in its truest sense. It's all about dollars and figures and research and product. This will get you here. This will get you there. This is where you should be in X year's time. Well, women take time out from the workforce to have kids. Men don't. True. Um, quite the same way. Um, that was a generalisation, but mostly true. And also we, the gender pay gap is such that, you know, you've got 20% difference between men and women in the same job. So women have to work twice as long and twice as hard to make that up. So by setting them up with investments that will actually multiply their returns, yes, we did a lot about compounding, right? They really understand compound interest and the way if you reinvest your income and your dividends and the difference between dividends income and the growth in the market they really understand how to research investments now and so, that's why they're setting them up for themselves with support and that's the coaching part from me so i, I want to focus a little bit on super because i've done many shows here on dollars making sense about super i've had natasha mm. panagis from ifpa mm. talking ad nauseum about this because it's real bugbear and this is the huge advantage that even though kids 20 30 years younger than us have the disadvantage of home affordability being against mm. them i won't dispute that you know i think that's really given but they are starting in a much stronger consideration because super is now so ensconced in the Australian workplace and with super moving up to 12% and with the latest set of legislation ensuring that they're going to get paid, the things that we've been rattling on about on the show is to make sure that they do at least, you know, once a year read their statement so that you've covered off some of those things. You know, the 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 death notification, so who's going to get oh, the money. Yeah. Um, checking, and, and most importantly, checking they're actually getting their super put into their account because yes. we're finding how many people, I mean, there's there's been a number of universities, some huge retailers that have not been paying their people properly, including super. Something like five or six billion a year that doesn't mm. get paid. And so I keep saying to my kids especially, make sure you are checking that that money is going in. Also, when they brought their super statements up online, got into their super funds, we went through what what each section meant. Ah. So then we went through, and so every tab they went into, 
and they had to learn about their superannuation Brilliant. and what it's doing for them. And so Brilliant. when we got to asset allocation, we then went back onto a simple, I think it was Vanguard or something quite simple, and we, I taught them how to read research notes that advisors use when we're preparing statements of advice. Uh-huh. I said, you girls are going to have to learn how to do this for yourself. So when they'd done their risk profile, this is the pretest because in my experience, once they get more confident, that conservative risk profile moves out to be less conservative and they are to- able to tolerate more risk because they understand what they're doing. So that's huge. So they go in and they have a look at what they've currently got, what a balanced fund looks like, who's the fund manager, then they have to go and research that, who's the companies that it's invested in, internationals, Australian, property, defensives, hedge funds, they've learning all of this. Then once they get the asset allocation, they look at their risk profile. If there's a discrepancy, then we discuss that. Oh, that's this is brilliant. I mean, I've got to say, one of the things that a lot of people looking at their super balances right now don't get it because mm. all of a sudden they see, hang on, my super's actually gone backwards in the last mm. year or two. And it's like, guys, you've got market linked funds. And yes. if the stock market goes back, that means your super goes back. And mm. trying to put one and one together for them sometimes equals pi rather than two. And so, you know, the never ending repeat because mm. they're not reading their statements. And even if they are, and they don't the understand. They're not understanding them. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> the whole point of teaching what I'm doing because one retired nurse who'd never married said, Philippa, my superannuation is the man in my life. Oh. And I said, how so? And she said, well, it's my superannuation. It pays me an income. So I actually rely on my superannuation for my retirement. And she said, I'm not very good with monies and dollars and cents. And I said, I looked at this woman, theatre sister, and, you know, long career nurse, and I said, so you're used to reading tables of dosages and OBS for a patient and epidemiological studies, and you're used to reading facts and figures about medicines. And do- yeah, Of course. I said, well, substitute that with dollars and cents. What's the difference? Oh, I never thought of it like that. So this is the mindset we actually have to deal with in the female psychology, that money is not scary because the older women were not educated. And so you're talking about the young ones grabbing this and running with it. The older women say, got my home, paying it off, um, I need to, about preparing for retirement, we go right into superannuation with these women for exactly the same reasons they learn to do the analysis. And then they say, how much do I actually need yeah, to keep the, saving until I get to retirement? There's the $64 and million go, question. Exactly. So for those people, those women, it's a different conversation because we, we're now talking about, and the other thing, we did a great big um, session in the middle about women properly taking care of ourselves. So we did our health, our um, mental health and emotional well-being. We did insurances, and that's all the general insurances that you have over the goods and chattels in your life, but also income protection, TPD, um, life, trauma. We discussed all of those and why you need them. That They bowled into their super fund and said, oh, my God, I don't have enough to cover my mortgage. I don't have any insurance. Crikey, I better fix that up. They would never have done that. So here's the thing. The older women are more interested in learning about investments that will get them to retirement. They've got a home. But that's symptomatic of their life stage, though, isn't Correct. It? That's the whole point of having an over-40s and under-40s. 
because you've got different life experiences and some of these people are 20 years apart in age. So it's far better to have your own peer group around you. Um, Mind you, I've set up the private Facebook group for this research group because once I get out the other end of of this session of coaching calls, which is their second one, and where they actually set up their investment, then they they have a session once a month for the next six months to to monitor it, to keep it in place, to make sure they understand how to manage it. This is their superannuation investments. Mm -hmm. Then at six months, I do a post-test. So I go all the way back to the beginning when they knew nothing to what they know now. And that's the beauty of this course and doing it as a pilot research study is to prove that the delivery works, that these women are learning what they're supposed to, and we get to adjust it as we go so that the women who come after them get all the benefit of what they've been through as little guinea pigs. They love that term. They think that's really cute. (laughs) (laughs) So I I guess in closing out, we've only got a few minutes left before we wrap up today, Philippa. Mm. What change are you going to see that's going to be needed out there? Because the vast majority of people and women and men alike can't afford financial advice today. Um, I was at a presentation recently where the opening gambit for a financial plan is $6,000 plus GST. Correct. And most people under 40 will look at that and just scoff and go, you've got to be joking. Uh, And even people that are just about to retire with a lump sum from their super will still look at that and still, I guess, recoil from it. So what's the answer? Well, that's why I'm teaching them, Ray, because if they're financially literate and they're competent, with coaching and support, they can do this for themselves. And so instead of being able to provide unaffordable advice, if you coach these women and they take control and do it themselves with support, not only is it teaching them to fish in terms of looking after themselves, it also teaches them financial skills they never would have had. And so if in time in their life down the track they need to see a financial advisor, they're completely financial literate, it's a different conversation. Do you think that this particular course that you're, um, I guess, pushing out the door now has a place there for for Y chromosomes as well? Down the track. That's why we're trialling it the way we are, to make sure it works, because I've always been fairly cautious when it comes, and I've been teaching all my life. You actually have to teach what people need, right? And to find out what they need, you have to ask them. Well, don't ask men. They know it all. Well, this is the reason I'm teaching women first. (laughs) is because a lot of men... You didn't laugh, Philippa. That was supposed to be a dad joke. Oh, my God. Oh, Tell you what, ladies and gentlemen, that was a total fail. Total fail. (laughs) It was an attempted humour, but it was a total, total fail. You hear me laughing hysterically. Yeah, at me, not at the joke, though, but that's all right. Philippa, we're just about out of time. It looked always an, an illumination. I think there's really good places... For the takeaway, please go and see wisegirlsmoney.com.au. No, it's wisegirlsmoneyacademy. Okay, wisegirlsmoneyacademy. Mm-hmm. Um, if not, come to our blog. We'll have links there for uh, the, the website on our blog and also our YouTube channel. Uh, Philippa Hunt, always a pleasure. You've been on Dollars and Making Sense, a weekly program about money, finance and investing on Radio Northern Beaches and broadcast nationally around the Community Radio Network on Spotify and on YouTube and all great channels. Wow. Multimedia extravaganza. Philippa Hunt, thank you so kindly for your time today. Thank you, Ray. Always a pleasure.